This message was recorded live at Elevate Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As followers of Christ, we follow a God who was crucified, dead, buried, got up, walked out of the tomb, demonstrating that there's nothing that you and I can't walk out of. He doesn't love me based on my performance. God loves me based on my position. It matters so much that we imitate Christ and we live out those principles. There's nothing that you could do. There's, there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevatechurch.com. Good morning, Elevate. I was, uh, I had a chance to, I, I grabbed a coffee with Colby a couple months back and he told me about this series and he, he gave me the opportunity to speak here and I was, I was pretty excited about it, but he, I, didn't, I knew we were doing a series on songs here, but he didn't tell me what kind of songs. I was going through and I was thinking like, I don't know their worship songs. I'm not going to know what I'm talking about there. So David hits me up a, a few weeks later and he lets me know that I'm, that I'm preaching on something just like this. I'm like, I know that song. <laughs> And as, as I'm working through it, I'm thinking, I'm like, so what's that about? What's that about? All it keeps clicking through my head. I'm like, all right, come on, play it back, play it back. Da 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 All right, but there's words to it. There's words to it, right? Da 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 There's a word after it. Da 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 And that's all. It was really close to you guys getting a sermon on the phrase da 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 So, but the song itself is actually pretty exciting. It's a, it's a picture of this, it's this duet. I know it's only one guy singing, you know, Zach crushed it, and he, he sings both sides of it, but it's, it's this duet. It's this man singing about his need and relationship and him recognizing the need that she has, this need for something that goes beyond, something more than what he can provide. And then on the other side of this, the lyrics is the other side of the duet is what her needs are. She needs someone that's present, someone that's with her, someone, someone she can turn to, somebody she can kiss, Right? But as you look through it, as he opens up, he, he has this picture of Achilles and, and Hercules and all these amazing characters, all these, all these, this history of heroes. And as you look through his examples, what you recognize is that every, every continent, every time, every, every era has had its heroes. Heroes that go beyond what we can do. Heroes that go beyond what we can comprehend. Something to aspire towards. Something, that, something beyond just like this. And as he looks at that, we see the, the Greek mythology, the Roman theology, and all these different examples, and these myths of old, these legends. But So myths, that doesn't mean false. It doesn't mean a fake story. It, it, it just means a story. And in his case, he looks to all these myths and the stories that they hold, and he realizes that, that we strive for something further. And he looks at what she deserves, the relationship she deserves, and he recognizes that they need something more. Now, he hits up on a couple of the, the modern heroes, right? You know, there's Spider-Man and stuff. And, and, and you look at some of the ways we love heroes today, right? I mean... There's just, there's always a different superhero out there, something to enjoy the, the summers, and it's, it's great. I, 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 I track with some of the TV show ones of them. You know, like, I, I don't, I don't, my, we get the kids to eight, uh, to bed by eight on Mondays, because that's when Gotham's on, and that is not suitable for children. No aspect of that. I, I own every season of Smallville on DVD. 
We like grew up together. We were in high school together, college together. It was fun. You know, we all have this, this picture of what we strive towards, what we enjoy. And for, for a lot of our superheroes today, it's a, it's a matter of entertainment. It's something to enjoy, but it's still something that we, that we want. It's something we dream of. And in the histories of old and the, the heroes of that, they, it was something they believed in as gods. And even before that, animism and spiritualism and all these different pictures as to what it is that we put our belief in, what it is that goes beyond us. Now, I say everyone, but you know, there is some, there's some range to it. You know, I'd, be, I'd be doing injustice if I, if I didn't admit there, that there are some that don't believe beyond. So, um, for example, the first... The, the first one to explain things is atheism, really, like historically, within history, was this guy Epicurus, right? 300 years before Jesus. Paul argues with some of his followers in Acts 17. And, and he is the father of free will. He chalked everything up to, to free will and the decisions we make. And then you look further, and, and a humanist today, you know, the, the, the philosophies that we follow that, that take God out of the picture and, and look at what we might be, the Humanist Manifesto, the, the, the culmination of their belief, it says this, complete, this is the goal, this is what every humanist aspires to, complete realization of human personality. So what, what does that mean? What do they aspire towards? They aspire towards Batman, right? That's what the goal is. You don't have to be super anymore. Batman, he's rich, he's Good looking. He's, I mean, he's got some stuff in your, his past that you might not want, but like he, he gets through it. He's strong. Batman in his fist. I mean, there's always this goal of what's beyond us, aspirations of science, of philosophy, of the arts. There's always something beyond us that we realize that we haven't arrived yet. We know we're not Batman. We know we're not even more than that. He knows she needs something greater. And why does he know this? Because he knows he needs something greater. He knows he needs something greater. She knows he, he knows it, and, and we all know it. We all know that we need something greater. In, in Romans, it says men suppress the truth and exchange the truth for a lie. That we suppress that truth inside of us of knowing that, that we need something greater and we exchange it for something else. Follow with me. It's up on the screen. Romans chapter 1. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a mouthful here. But men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them. Because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes... Namely, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. Be, before any of us, that's why we've always strived. Since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made, so that they, so that we are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking. And in their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. 
See, as this man sings a song, as the words come together, and as you, as you realize what he strives for, he realizes the realization that this man brings to the relationship is that he's not God. He's not God. And that's, um, that's, a, that's a good thing that he realizes that. You know, Romans says that we exchange the images of the one for ones that resemble us. And he looks around and he realizes that he's not that great. He's not what will fill her up, will satisfy her. You know, some people don't necessarily get that. They're not fun to be around. You ever talk to someone who like, you're like, oh, that, they, are, they are their own God. Like, that's not, that's bad for a relationship too. Just as bad as him not being God. There is a God. He's not him. And he tries, we all try, to live as God of our own lives. We struggle. Even, even as believers, we, we struggle to, to put that aside and to not be a God of our lives. But it's, it becomes unmanageable when we try that. The need he knows is turning from a self-centered life to a God-centered life. But he's looking for God in the wrong places. He's looking to the legends of old. He's looking to to all of the other things. He's looking to the relationship for that. Where where do you look for God? And I don't don't mean in in the sense of like you come to church and you see God here, but where do you look for that satisfaction that comes from God? Where do you look for the joy and the fulfillment that ought to come from God? What is the... What is the lie that you're exchanging the truth for? In his case, he's looking to relationships. And he he expects that from her, but it's not him. And we look through and and we see God and we see this this picture of what we think of as heaven. The life we want. It's not the heaven as the Bible presents it. It's the life we want. You you open up, you you look at the cover of a magazine. And that looks like heaven. That's what you want. And then you open up those holy scriptures and it tells you how to get there. What lie you'll exchange your truth for. And then when you want to see what the salvation is that brings you there, the ads are on the side to let you know. This is how you can get there. This is how you can aspire. But in her case, she realizes that the the struggle isn't beyond. The struggle isn't beyond what she's looking for. I've been, um, like I, I said, I watched the, I, I like the DC TV shows. I, I, like, the, I like the movies. Too. I, I'm pumped. Like, this is like the best time of my life for superhero movies. Like, DC's pumping them out now, and like, they're like trying to keep up with Marvel, and there's like these two universes colliding as to which one's bigger and better. Like, right now, you know, we have, uh, we have what, Wonder Woman just came out this summer, Spider-Man. There's the battle between Marvel, DC. We've got Thor. We've got Black Panther coming out. Like, we've got this whole lineup of movies for their, each of their own universes. You want to know, know what the last superhero movie I watched was? Yeah. As Colby said, I got two kids. Lego Batman. That's, that's my last superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. We stayed up past eight for that one. <laughs> So we're watching Lego Batman, right? And, and so I got two little girls. I have a household full of girls. They let me get a boy dog so there'd be another boy in the house. That was as far as we've gotten. And, and as we're sitting there watching it, my daughter, my, my smallest one, she picked out the movie. She'd already seen it. And she's like, Daddy, you'll like this one. Let's get this one. I'm like, oh, you're awesome. Mom doesn't let me watch action movies. You let me watch this. This is good. Good girl. 
So we're watching Anna, and she's like, so have you seen this before? I'm like, nah. She's like, good, I got it for you. I'm like, all right. So you, but you haven't seen it. I'm like, nah, nah, I haven't seen it. She's like, all right, all right. So we're watching. I, I don't, oh, I should have thought about the spoiler. This might be a bit of a spoiler for you. Um, anyways, we're watching this, and Batman finds himself alone in a moment. And he goes into his, uh, like his Batcave movie theater, all right? He sits down, and he goes to put on a movie for himself. And the movie he puts on is, uh, is Jerry Maguire, all right? <laughs> it's a funny movie, you know? So he follows through. We see this picture of Batman at his, at his lowest moment, just sad and lonely. And they cut to that, that, his, that famous line of Jerry Maguire where Tom Cruise turns and he goes, you complete me. Right? But right before, because I, I like messing with my kids a little bit, I, like, I call out the line ahead of time. Like, don't watch Anchorman with me. Like, I'll call out all the lines. <laughs> but we get to that part, and we, they cut to that scene. And I like, turn to my, my little girl I'm home. I'm like, watch, watch. You complete me. And then he says it. She's like, <gasps> I thought you told me you've never seen this movie. You tricked me so we could watch an action movie. I was like, ah. He got me. My other daughter's like, no, that's a real movie. Dad saw the other movie. He hasn't seen this. I'm like, yeah, no. You got me. You got me. It doesn't fit, though, this picture of Batman. That's why it's funny, because Batman, watching a chick, watching Jerry Maguire, being sad, just doesn't fit. And then as you look um, on the other side of this song, the more cliche, the, the woman, she wants presents. And as, like I said, I watch a lot of chick flicks. So as you think back to those, like the thing that you, is a common theme throughout them, like the guys have like a lot going for them. They don't usually have ugly guys in those movies, but, and they usually have like a decent job and stuff. But usually the big thing that they offer is their presence, you know? That, that, that the man is going to be present there and that he's going to chase, that he's going to pursue. And, and I think that's true in, I mean, movies and the song in real life. If you, if you talk to my wife and you're like, hey, put together like a timeline, like she, she, doesn't, she doesn't keep track of dates wonderfully, um, which works out well for me because like if I forget an anniversary, if I was to ever forget an anniversary, I could probably convince her it was a different day. Like I could probably pull that off. But I don't have to worry about that. Like the first day I ever kissed, March 23rd. Like I have the dates down. Um, so here's the thing. Then my wife talks to me sometimes and she starts giving me the calendar for the month. And now I've got like my little whiteboard in my office where I could like put stuff down on it. And she starts coming out. She's like, hey, here's the dates that we have this month. Here's what we need to do. And, uh, and I, don't, I don't do those very well. Like, so we get to that point in the story, that conversation. And what I end up doing, like I'll be, I won't be present. I won't be right there in my mind. And, and as we're talking, I'll be like sifting through the details, trying to find the point. And then I'll lose the point because it was in the details, Right? They're like, that's the strive is, is for a pre- And then, like, let me point that. That comes back to me. That's why I don't get to watch action movies. You know, like, hey, it's your turn to pick the movie. Nope, nope, you forgot that. So here's the thing. Presence becomes important. There's, a, there's this, she wants the connection. She wants the presence. The woman in this song wants someone who's there. And, and as you see that, she says, I want someone to turn to. I want somebody to kiss. It's funny because those two, like as I heard the song, as I thought about relationships that have those two things, somebody to turn to, somebody to kiss. I, I thought back to the Psalms. There's such like an intimate conversation between uh, this man and God. 
And he looks and he, and he so many times he, he calls out to God and it's just like, Colossians calls it the words of Christ. You see this, this dialogue. And as you, as you see the conversation in Psalm 22, it, it pleads, David pleads for God as someone to turn to. Now the kiss, that's, <laughs> that's in the Psalms too. Psalm 2 describes the son of God, the king, as, as the one to turn to, to kiss. The finalizing of Psalm 2 is to turn to the son and kiss him. To turn and kiss the son. This picture, this intimacy that she wants is described in the Psalms. It's described in the Song of Solomon. This relationship is satisfied in the God of the scriptures. You know, like, as I was first looking at it, I was like, she just wants someone to be there, someone to kiss. Like, I know people that have pets like that. Like, my dog doesn't run to me when I come, but he runs home to my wife. Like, maybe that would be okay. You could do kisses with dogs. I don't, that, they don't, that'd be weird. But, you know, like, some of you, and some of you aren't laughing about that because you actually kiss your dogs. Um, I, uh, <laughs> it's not the stuff I'm supposed to convict of in the pulpit. Don't kiss your dogs. Um, but she won't be content with a good pet. She won't be because they're both right. In this song, they are both right. In an argument, either one person can be wrong, the other person can be wrong, or they could both be wrong. And in this case, they are both wrong. That the other person is right, they're both right. The God of the Bible is not one or the other. He is both and. He is divine. He is what is beyond, and he is present. The relationship they're looking for, the relationship they're missing, the relationship they need, the relationship that they've exchanged the truth to believe will satisfy them is found in God. 1 John chapter 4. This is a love song. We've got to go to a nice love verse, right? Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him. And he in God. The thing they're missing from this song is love. The thing they recognize that they need in this song is love. This is a love song. And in that, they both recognize what is needed for that love. Because love is from God. Love is God. And as they look, they don't realize they're looking for God. One's looking, saying, I need something that's divine. I need Hercules. I need Achilles. I need, I need the myths. I need the testaments. I need something. She's looking, I'm like, I, I need presence. I need something that's there. 
They're both looking for love. This is a love song, and God is love. And as they look through this passage, every member of the Trinity is represented. It says God is love. This is the unifying thing of God. This is his, his characteristic that unifies them. And then each of the members of the Trinity are listed as their particular function within the Godhead. It says, this is how, this is how you know the love that God the Father loves you with. He sent his son. His son died for you. His son made the payment for your sins, propitiation, he, that he wiped away your sins. That he walked with you. That God, the Father, sent his son and the son was present with you. Then this verse, that we are witnesses to it. That God walked with man. That God was present. And then it mentions another member of the Trinity, the Spirit. This God that is divine, this God that is Achilles in his goal, this God that is beyond all that, is present, that the Spirit abides in you. How much more present is that? How much more can that woman in the song ask for than that, that the Spirit abides in her? She holds that very presence of God in her as they strive for love, recognizing that God is love and that he is present. He is divine and he is present. Both of these couples have it right. And you know what? Jerry Maguire has it right. Jerry Maguire has it right. You remember, remember the phrase he said, right? What's he say? You complete me. Batman watching this movie realizes it. These couples, that there is a relationship to complete us. That there is a relationship that completes us. It is a divine relationship. It is a present relationship. It is a relationship with our God and creator that we might exchange the lies we hold on to in this life. Finding value in something we work for, finding value in the things we strive after, finding value in relationships, finding value in good things, but making them God things. And exchanging those lies back for the truth that God offers us a relationship that completes us. This picture of love as divine. In the, uh, in the Old Testament, there's this word that gets used all the time in the Hebrew, hesed, all right, hesed. And the, uh, if, you want a, if you want a visual representation of that, it's in the, uh, when, you're, when you're driving around downtown, there's this Jewish synagogue at uh, Liberty and 10th. It's, uh, it has that word hesed in it. That's, it's a con- and she hesed. Um, that word hesed is usually translated in your Bibles to be like everlasting love. Or it's like a covenantal love. It's a word that's tough to translate, just to be honest. It doesn't, it doesn't make, there's not an English, an English counterpart for it. So they make it everlasting love. But it's only used, the only time it's used in scripture, in, in Hebrew, is to represent God's love. See, in Hebrew, there's a special word just for the love that God has for you. It's not like a, oh, my wife, I has said her. No, no, nothing like that. It's only used to describe the love that God has for his children. The love that God has is special. And the love that these people in the song are striving is special. The love that you strive after to complete you is special. It's not going to be found somewhere else. It's not a common love. In Greek, they, they don't, you know, their language isn't just based on the Bible. Like Hebrew like they, they still have the language because of the written scripture. 
But in Greek, there ends up being three words for love that they use. And, and the one that they use in this passage is agape. It's, it's a special kind of love. It's not romantic. It's not brotherly. It's this, it's this goes-beyond type of love. And I think it ties into this concept of hesed, this covenantal, this picture of love. First John calls us to what was reserved for God. It calls us into what was previously reserved for God, that it was a special kind of love that is God and is from God. And that because of the Spirit, because of God abiding in you, you have the ability to love others with that. The God's love is indescribable beyond what we can contain in our own language. First John calls us into what was this defining quality of God. And says, this is how we know that we are from God. This is how we know what is from God. This is the connection that is made. A love that is present. A love so present that God himself stepped off the throne of heaven to come to you. That God himself sends the spirit to dwell in you. A love so present that God dwells in the heart of the believers. A love so present that he gathers us together as the assembly so that we can love one another. A love so present that he's going to send you out of here today so that you can love your neighbor and demonstrate God's love to draw them into the only relationship that can complete them. The divine present relationship of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that that is the only thing worth striving after. Let me read the rest of that John one, and I, I'm not having to put it up on the board. Just, just let God's word be heard today. I want you to listen to how he describes this at the end from verse 16 following. Don't even bother with the phones. Let me just let, me just let you hear this. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. He's present. This is love perfected with us so that we might have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is so also are we in this world there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love we love because he first loved us let me just let me just ask you will you Will you allow God to complete you? Will you turn to God and have a relationship with him to complete you? That love that we strive after, that we, that we seek in this world, that, that we try to have satisfy us. Let me just ask you today, will you turn and receive that love from Jesus? Will you come and find his presence, find his divinity, and, and, and find that relationship that completes you? That his love might cast out fear. Will you start that relationship today? I love it. They have, they, we have yes cards here. If you, if you want a relationship with Christ, they would love to follow up with you at Elevate. I'll be on the lobby. We'll, we'll talk afterwards. They have, they have people here. I would love to hear. But will you find that relationship, that love, will you find it in God? Let me pray as we... Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you for a chance to gather in your presence. We thank you for a chance to... to have your presence, that you meet us where we're at, that you, are, that you are divine and so far beyond, but that you are present with us today. 
And Father, I pray that our, your presence would be in our hearts. If, if, if there's people here that haven't found you yet, they haven't, that haven't been loved by you yet, I pray that they would know your love, that they would respond by loving you, and that we would see the, your love cast out fear, that it would abide in us today as the Spirit continues with us in worship. We lift these things up to you. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. We are always encouraged to know that God is using Elevate to bless people's lives. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, share your story online at elevatechurch.com. 